Hello, everybody, and welcome to Couples in Conversations. My name is Frank James, and I am joined by my wife, Jennifer James. Um, super excited about this conversation today. I know this looks a little different than when we normally go live because we have our panel here. Um, today is just going to be Team James. I'm excited. I told you guys that we had some exciting new things that we were going to be doing for season two of the show, and um, this is one of those things. So Welcome. If this is your first time joining our channel, please do us a, a favor and like, comment, and subscribe. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Couples in Conversations. Um, so we are going to be talking about, um, we're going to be having the romance conversation, which is a topic that uh, was requested uh, several times and we're really excited about talking about that. Um, but I wanted to do something a little different today because when we come on and we go live, we obviously have our entire panel here, but you guys never get to really see the faces behind couples and conversations and how it started and all of those things. So um, I'm just going to um, ask a couple questions and then we're going to have the romance talk. Um, we're going to talk about romance. So uh, my first question uh, to you, Jennifer, is uh, what is it like being married to to me? I was going to say Frank, but I guess I probably shouldn't talk in the third person. I kind of thought you were going to say Frank because you're extra like that. Like, yeah, you're <laughs> weird. But um, being married to you, it is ex an exciting roller coaster. And I don't even really like roller coasters, but I'm using that in the good way um and the reason why I say that is because like in roller coasters you kind of before you get on it you kind of like examine it try to see if you you know brave enough to get on the ride and and go for the journey um and so obviously we did that when we dated and so like now it's like you can see hills coming you can see you know that drop coming um but it's interesting because Although I see them coming, I know that I have a secure partnership and I'm not going in it alone. Um, and I know that at the end of the day, you're right there beside me to comfort me and to catch me, to provide wisdom, to provide insights, um, to bring a laugh or to be extra when necessary to kind of take my mind off of, you know, the twists and the turns and stuff like that. Um. Thanks, babe. I think it's so funny that you used roller coasters, especially because I have such a huge love for roller coasters. And I remember you did not at all. So that was a great, not at all. Uh, <laughs> that was a great comparison. Um, and for me, I guess I would have to say about the same thing. I think one of the um, ideas that in the misconceptions that people have about you is that you are very quiet, you're super reserved, and you just sit at home and don't talk. Um, and that is not true, even a little bit. Um, it's not. Like you just said, like, I talk too much or something. Well, not that you talk too much, but um, you do have a voice. And one of, one of the things that I love about you the most is when you speak, um, it's very wise like when you talk it's, it's so wise it's so profound and sometimes it's like something super simple and I'll be like 
man, she just thought about all of that, you know, in that short little time. So um, not that you are a woman of many words, like I am a man of many words, but but when you speak, it's so powerful. It's so super powerful. Um, and if I had to compare it to something, I would say, um, I would probably use, I would, I would use the same. I would parallel that with the roller coaster, but on the end of, you have no idea where it's going to go. Like um, if I'm thinking about an indoor roller coaster, like disaster transport um, at Cedar Point, that's no longer there. Rest in peace, disaster transport. Um, it was you, a roller coaster, really. It was, it, it, but you really couldn't see where you were going, but you had the most, exciting ride ever you know what I mean and that's what I feel like uh being there to you is it's up it's down it's all around it's fun it's dark it's light it's flashy it's stylish it's it's like all of those things um and it's a lot of fun so um and and speaking of do you remember um this is how much wrote just just for the viewer's sake this is how much roller coasters are a part of our lives. I remember I was going to ask Jennifer to be my girlfriend and I was working at Cedar Point. So I, um, I took her, there was this thing called the Starlight Experience and it was the four seasons. So winter, spring, summer, and fall. And in the winter scene, it was like blue and white lights. And that's why I did it. And I had this whole thing set up. Like I had friends in there like, look, if I if I give you the thumbs down, that means it went bad and y'all need to intervene. But if we keep walking, it's good. It was crazy. Do you remember that? I do. You was acting like you was the president and had secret service. It was like people <laughs> hiding behind things like I didn't see them. Like it was weird. It was weird. And so that's why I did what I did. Well, I wanted to make sure because I know, you know, nobody wants to be rejected. So I had to, you know, if you were going to let me down, I had to be prepared. I, I what were they going to do? They were just going to come rescue you and comfort you in that moment? Like, I what? I don't really know what the plan was, for real, for real. I just said, look, if I give y'all a thumbs down, that means it, the deal went down and it wasn't good. So come and help. Um, so, but that was such an awesome time. I was, I remember being so nervous and I think I was so nervous because I asked for your number and I kept trying to date you and you just were not having let's talk about that why weren't you, what, what were you how, first of all how you skipping from two different stories but but I was crying for a long time and you just were not having it. what what was going on um one, I think when you were trying to talk to me, I was talking to someone else and I don't do that mixing of relationships. Um, and two, you were my choir director. That's weird. Like, yeah, I'm not that type of girl. So I had to wait till that was over. And, and it was the way that you did it. I didn't know that you were serious because yeah, you asked for my number, but you did it slide. Like you you were like, oh, I want to make sure you get home. You know, I asked for all everybody's number. You know, I'm the choir director. And then you start texting me about some random stuff like, director, this don't have nothing to do with the choir, bro. Back up. So I had to make sure you knew this wasn't about that right there. I did not start. I did not start asking you for your number until after you would you wasn't listening because I told you 
the day that you walked into rehearsal that I was going to marry you and you weren't listening. You didn't tell me. You told your friends that. You, oh, yeah. you told, told me that at the the choir reception, but I thought you were joking. So I said, yeah, but I mean, apparently that was me saying, yeah, and I didn't realize it, but. I don't play games. That's what school doesn't read. Apparently. <laughs> All right, let's get into this conversation because um, I'm super excited to have it because I think we have a lot of questions that may arise from this. So this is gonna be the romance talk. So we are gonna kind of dissect romance. And I, I want I want everybody to understand that we are giving it to you from our perspective. We are not the experts on this, but we're gonna kind of share where we are, where we come from and, and where we're going. So um, the first question is, uh, babe, what, if you had to define romance, how would you define romance? That's funny, because I couldn't define it, so I had to look it up. So, I mean, because I guess before, I just kind of went off of what i seen on TV as, as what romance was, um, and it didn't really work for us. And so when you posed the question, I was like, let me look up the real definition of romance. Mm -hmm. And so the real definition of romance is um, a feeling of excitement, um, or an expression of love towards someone or um, affection towards someone. And it's, it's talked about like mystery. And so I guess for me, um, the way that I view my romance towards you is I do like to surprise you, but I don't think that I identify it as romance. Um, so like, you know, you tell me randomly you want to do certain things like you wanted to visit Paris. So that was a surprise for your birthday. So I guess that that would classify as romance, but I would have identified romance as, you know, flowers or, or going on special dates. Like, you know, we used to go on like uh, picnics and stuff like that. Um, but I think growing up or even in the media or films and stuff, romance is usually one-sided. And so I think I had difficulty um, defining what it is to be romantic on the female side, trying to be romantic to the guy. Um, and I think it also goes back to kind of what we've talked about just throughout the whole couples and conversation as far as we not identifying the male as a human and having regular human emotions and human needs. And it's always a push, he's not romantic, or I want you to do this, this, and this. But the same desires that you have, they may look different from a male perspective, but they still have those same desires and needs. They, they want to feel appreciated. They want to feel like you love them. They want to feel like you thought about them and, and different things are not just an afterthought or they're just supposed to be here and, and, and pleasure you in every way. Um, I think that's, that's, phenomenal insight that you just gave. And one thing I want to talk about, well, first, let me let me share what my thoughts about um, romance is. For me, I would have to say that romance is uh, number one. I think it is the way that it's viewed in America today um, is very, very skewed because I believe that people view romance as this big, huge, elaborate, 
Um, I thought of every single thing when she opens the door, there are going to be flower petals leading up to the bedroom and it's going to be candles lit and everywhere and all those things. And while that, it, while that can be romantic, I don't believe that that's romance. So for me, I think romance happens um, during intimacy. So I think once you are in relationship with somebody and you begin to develop those um, intimate moments with them and you, um, and it could be something as small as just talking, um, breathing together, laying together, hugging, just, just touching. Once you are intimate with somebody, romance can then become anything. Uh, for example, you kind of skated over that Paris trip. That was huge for me. And while it was a surprise because I love surprises, it was very romantic. And it wasn't romantic in the sense of Paris is the, I know they say Paris is the city of love and all of that stuff, but it was romantic the fact that you heard something that I said in passing. We did not talk about it in any kind of detail at all. And you planned an entire trip from start to finish. Didn't tell me you were able to um, surprise me without lying because you never once told a lie about that trip. You you told me we were going to, what, Minnesota, I think is where we went. You told me we're going to Minnesota. So that's where I'm still invited. I'm going to Minnesota for my birthday. And everybody's like, well, what are you doing in Minnesota? I don't know. I'm going to be with my wife, so I'm good. you know. And then to get there and, you know, and, you know, planes are changing and then we go to the French market and this is like, wait, what? Like that was super romantic because you took something that I had mentioned, you took something that I stated and you brought that into fruition. And for me, that was the, like the dopest, most romantic thing ever uh, for me. Uh, but one thing um, that I wanted to talk about um, real quick when you were speaking about romance, you were talking about uh, all you had to go by was like what they put in the media and what you see in movies. What did that look like for you like when we first got married? Because I know this was a, an obstacle that we had to overcome because a lot of things was that's not what it looks like. That's not what people say. That's not how you talk about it. So when you viewed romance growing up, how did, how did getting married and becoming more wise change your perspective on, on romance? Um, so again, I took my whole idea of romance was from movies. Um, and from movies, I took it as, you know, it's supposed to be like this big thing. It's, it's, everything is sweet like he lays out basically the red carpet for you and the female really does nothing but like show gratitude for it um you know shelling out all this money or, or flowers and and all these gifts and then life is just supposed to be grand now obviously I'm not a child so I realized it wasn't just going to be grand and there were going to be ups and downs but idea of walking into marriage and at least the first few months is going to be, you know what I'm saying? Rose petals everywhere, you know, bath water ran, still haven't gotten that, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, you think that, you know, it's, it's kind of a fairy tale, but then when you get older and you realize one, it was just a movie, like someone wrote that into the script. Someone told them how to interact. 
And even if you take it a, sec, a step forward to like the sex scenes that you, you know, have this idea of this is what lovemaking is, they're not even really doing anything. Like half of the time they're not naked. And then even if there are, nothing is really happening. It's a play. They're mm -hmm. acting out a play. And eat, whenever you're acting, of course you can hype it up. It, it's, it just draws you in and makes you lust over it. And then when you get into a relationship and it's not that, you question whether or not you made a mistake or if something, someone is not really connected. Um, if you just don't know, you know, what you thought you knew. Um, and so I feel like that's a great misconception that we have is that TV is reality, even though we know that it's TV, but still it's being processed in our mind. Like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what marriage is supposed to look like, those TV marriages. But again, they're not married. They're not in relationship. The fights that they have, those are written fights. And so they have written resolve. Um, they're, they're written romance scenes. So it's, it's not real. There's not real emotion attached to it. It's not real background attached to it. Even when they do backstories, again, that's written. And so when you get married and you have two people coming together, two people already have their own baggage or their own perspective of life. And they're coming from two people who have that as well. So they're filtering out two people becoming one now filtering with another person who already has another two people behind. Well, even more than that, but let's just start there that are trying to come together. There's no way that it's one just going to fit piece to piece without any struggle or anything like that. And then yeah. also you have to redefine what marriage looks like for you what romance looks like for you, what relationship looks like for you. Um, and just going back to your point about, you know, uh, romance for you is intimacy. I feel like there's no, romance is a unrealistic expectation. I'm not saying that you can't have romance in your relationship, but I feel like people try to make them interchangeable and they're not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In relationship, you should have intimacy. And the feeling that you experience is the feeling of romance. You feel value, you feel love, you, you feel appreciated. You have an exciting feeling behind it. Yeah. That's what the other person is getting by me showing you or, or showing up or being present. I'm, I am producing that feeling within you. And so you feel gratitude towards me and you want to share with me or share with the world how I made you feel. And I think that there's, I think that's so, so, so good. What you see, this is what I'm talking about, y'all. I'm telling you why. When she speaks, listen. Um, but I, I think what you just said is so dope. And one thing that that is huge, like I know for us, uh, romance was taboo for us in the beginning of our marriage. And I think because both of us had these ideals that, did not match up with who we were as people. So I think we struggled to mimic what we saw and we were trying to replicate these ideas that um, we saw in movies that our uh, friends and family have talked about and it just absolutely was not working. And I think once we found out like, hey, this isn't working, I have this need that you're not fulfilling. You have a need that I'm not fulfilling. We have to figure out what this looks like for us. And I think that when you are in a relationship, whether you're in the dating phase or you're in the, the you're, you're married 
and you're in there, one of the most important things you can do is stop and regroup. And you have to be honest about that. And, and, and in all transparency, I used to get so frustrated because Jennifer would tell me, you're, you're not doing this. So that means that you're not into me. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what that means. And what, what she was really saying to me is, I don't feel connected to you. And there's no way for us to get to romance and get to that exciting feeling and release those endorphins if I don't feel connected. So the words weren't right, but the feeling was accurate. And I struggled to kind of put those things together, you know? And so what you just said, I thought was perfect. And another thing that I want to kind of talk about it because it came up a little bit is, uh, one thing that I think people often, another thing misconstrued is, is romance and sex the same thing? So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, well, people- first, I want to go back to something else that you said. And okay. you had said that we had tried romance at the beginning of our relationship and it didn't work. Um, I think for us, the reason why romance, and I'm using that lightly, the, the reason why romance didn't work is because we were pursuing that idea of romance but we wanted it to provide a sense of intimacy Mm -hmm. and that's backwards because America's idea of of romance is you know the flowers and 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 whatever and that that's nice and I'm not saying that I I don't like those things Um, but for me because I desired a deeper connection, the flowers just were just dead things to me. Like, okay, you gave me a flower. What is that supposed to mean? And and not in a rude, I don't appreciate you type of way, but you can't just sit flowers on my table and we're good here. And and just to interject real quick, even though you did not say anything to me rude, because you never did, and I I don't even want to paint that picture, if felt it felt very these flowers are dead to me you know that like I don't care about this because the energy in in my mind when I bring flowers that is the big hoorah but you had a different idea and you know and it took us a little while to figure that out but it, it it did feel very you got flowers in Right. And I may not have verbalized it, but I definitely told you that I I definitely probably presented a real way because my facial expressions tell everything. So I may not have said the words, but I I obviously, you know, presented that to you. Um, But again, you said, you know, you thought they were supposed to be the hurrah. That's the energy, the excitement that you were, were expecting because of the mystery of you bringing me these great things or or whatever. And that's, that's fine and dandy. But when you're talking about real relationship, when you're talking about connectedness and partnership, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't bring material things to me and think that that's going to produce an internal um, desire or, or a lasting commitment or connectedness to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that may make me smile for a moment and I'm not telling people not to do it, but if you want that real punch, like hurrah, 
you have to also understand the other elements that come to it. And so if you are doing this to build a deeper connection, intimacy, seeing into that person, getting to know them emotionally, um, intellectually, spiritually, that's really how you build upon that idea of excitement and, and true affection and, and desire within a person. Yeah. I mean, and you can buy me a purse too, but you know, <laughs> I need some more. And I think that's so big. And, you know, for, for the men out there, it, it changed everything. Once I realized and I recognized that a flower don't mean anything if we're not partners for real. And a purse don't mean nothing if, if you are not connected. It just made the absolute world of difference. Like it totally shifted my perspective. And I'm like, oh, so this is what, you know, both intimacy and romance feels like. Um, because I think we as people, we long for romance, but we don't long for intimacy because intimacy is the work and then romance is the reward. And a lot of times what we do is we, we want the reward without doing the work. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't, I don't think people don't want intimacy. Um, I think that a lot of people think that romance provides the end result of intimacy mm -hmm. and when someone demands the work of intimacy, that's when people back out because mm -hmm. intimacy requires you to be vulnerable, right? And in yeah. society, being vulnerable is not safe. It's not okay. And so until I'm sure of this person, I am not going to put myself in the position to allow this person into my space. And so I put up this front of, you know, we're, we're connected um, because I make you happy, because I, I buy these things, because I, I may listen to you, um, but I'm not going to really let you know the inner me, and you're not going to let me know the inner you until we're sure, but we can't be sure until we know that, so we're kind of just playing this little game, right. or you may think this could be the one, like I feel like we did, and we got married, and then we realized, hey, we, we actually got to start doing this thing, we actually got to you know, put in the work and that's scary, right? Mm -hmm. um, because as a female, if you're too into your husband or, or too into your mate, then you're whipped. Same thing for a male. Don't, don't let no girl get you. Even if that's your wife, you're still not supposed to show that she got you like that. Mm -hmm. But why not? And I think that that also goes back to the roller coaster analogy. Um, how I said that you were always there. A lot of roller coasters and Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a roller coaster fan. But a lot of roller coasters, although it's a lot of people in the cart, a lot of times there's only two people next to each other. Mm -hmm. And so other people may be around for the journey. Other people are going to have things to say. Other people are going to see what you may not see or, or see what you experience. But at the end of the day, it's two people next to each other. That is your partner. That's the one that you have to be willing to give your all to. That's the one that you have to be willing to say you can see into me. And mm -hmm. I think going back to your other question, is, is romance and sex the same thing? It sh it's not, but we try to make it seem as though it is. Mm -hmm. Because you seeing into me, really seeing me, is real intimacy. 
but we allow people to see into me by having sex with me, but they don't understand me. They don't see me. They don't know me, but they know me. And now we have another issue. And although people say, you know, we can just lay down and it's nothing. That's not true. Now, if you don't believe in spiritual soul ties, okay, that's fine. But what about the idea of comparison? So when you lay down with other people, a lot of people compare people. Yeah. If, if you had no connection to that person that you laid, how can you remember what happened in a situation and how can you compare it to someone else? Right. That person that you interacted with had some form of attachment on you still. And you're carrying it into other relationships and you're trying to find that high again. You're trying to find that fulfillment that you can't find because you, one, don't even know yourself and you're allowing too many people into your space. Um, the common phrase now is I have a small circle or, you know, I, you can't tell your business to everybody. But if you let everybody in your bed, that's still telling some of your business that that's still a part of you. Right. Right. So you're allowing them into the space to see you. They're in your household, mm -hmm. but you're mad they're there. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and just to add to that, <clears throat> even speaking on, on terms, you know, of a roller coaster, you know, just kind of to take this back and, and, and where we struggled, you know, uh, uh, a roller coaster car can have six different cars, for example. It has six cars, and each of these cars have two people in it. Although you're going up the same hill, down the same hill, upside down at the same time, every single person on this roller coaster is having a different experience. Some people are yelling and screaming. Some people are calm. Some people are afraid. Some people are clenching. Some people got their eyes closed. If you like me, you in the front seat with your hands up screaming because you're excited but everybody's having a different experience on this ride. And it's so important that you are engaged with what's happening on your road because anything can happen. You know, the, your partner, the person next to you could be experiencing something on a totally different wavelength. And if you're not connected, there's no way that you're going to be able to see that and identify that. And, and, and again, that was an area where I struggled because we were not connected there, I was making no kind of identifications that the things that I were doing that I was checking off the box, checking off, off the box as romance were going nowhere. We were still sitting in the station, listening to the spills, and we got our thumbs up. We're ready, ready, clear, and the train is not moving. And it's just like, well, what is the ride down? Like, well, what's going on? You know, and it was so frustrating because, um, one thing that we are taught as men is we are taught not to feel, not to express our emotion and, you know, to man up and, you know, and, and to shake everything off. But I am a very emotional being and I, I am in tune with what I'm feeling. So the, the, what, what I was experiencing was a lack of connection, but what I was saying that I was experienced was a lack of intimacy or a lack of romance. So I was mixing the two up. And once I recognized that if you deal with this connection first, the romance and everything will follow. And even talking about sex, you know, for a second, sex does not always have to be romantic. 
as far as what the the world's idea of romance. Sex is not always this thing. Sometimes you in there, it's time, and you go at it, and it's great, you know, and you have that happy feeling. And then sometimes it is a situation, you know what I mean? But if you put if you put these parameters, so to speak, on what this has to look like, I feel like you're stifling the growth and the maturity of your relationship. Because once you are vulnerable and once you are connected, that thing is going to blossom organically. It's going to turn into something, you know, my father-in-law uh, describes it as fireworks. You know, I don't, for whatever reason, he has, you know, an issue with the words, but he says it, it should be like fire. This, it should be this explosion. And I think those, those things happen organically throughout the course of your relationship. Um, the next part, I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit uh, to speak on this um, traditionally. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying in every sense, I'm saying traditionally. Um, especially in the African-American community, when you speak about romance and when you talk about romance and when you talk about the romancer, it is genuinely assigned to the male. It's, it, the, the man is supposed to romance, the man is supposed to wine and dine, the man is supposed to do all of these things, excuse me, and the women, for lack of a better term, get a pass. Um, on romance. So what are what are your thoughts on that, babe? First of all. Hold on one sec. I want to turn my, my volume up real quick because I want to hear you do it. What? Okay. First of all, I need you to get some better language about <laughs> that content because you in there and yeah, that's weird. Um, but, um, I, no, I would agree. Generally, it is you know, for, for the male to be the romancer. Um, but again, that's, that's based off of the media. That's based off of what we've been trained to do. Um, mm. be, I mean, honestly, most of it is about the male. Um, the notebook is, is more about the male. Um, what is it? The one where, um, P.S. I love you is about the male being being a romancer. Like all of these are about you know that that element of it, um, and I think that that does a disservice and that makes it lopsided. And I think that that puts a lot of pressure on the male um, <clears throat> to have to do that. But going back to what I said before, we were all created the same as far as we are all humans. We all have human emotions. We all have needs. We all have desires clear across the board so but I think what the issue comes when it comes to romance a lot of times for the female is more materialistic and that's kind of like the go-to but I don't think males really operate like that I don't think males are more are materialistic in a sense and so if we're going off of America's idea of romance, of buying things and different things like that, and I'm not saying that males don't like you to buy things, um, it is hard for a female to follow suit in that way for a male. But I think for romance for a male is more of the sexual encounters. 
or um, understanding their taste or, or their desires or um, I, from the males that I know, they're more visual creatures too. So I feel like being aware of that and, and their needs. And of course, everything that I'm talking about, I'm talking in relationship or marriage. Um, I think it, it goes back to the connectedness of knowing your partner, like knowing what provides them that sense of excitement, that, that sense of appreciation or that sense of, of want. Like mm-hmm. romance or the idea of romance is showing your partner that you value them and that you are into them. Mm-hmm. So it is each partner's responsibility to show that. It's not okay to, to sit back and say, oh, that's his job. He's, he's supposed to want me. But a man wants to feel wanted too. A, a man wants to feel appreciated. A man wants to feel desired too. Um, and it is your job, just like it is the male's job, to figure out what in particular your man desires, what 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 makes them smart spark. And sometimes a woman actually has the easier job because if the male is being romantic or whatever, really all you have to do is show appreciation and show that excitement and show up and say thank you in different type of ways. And there you go, both got their romance taken care of or be spontaneous instead of, oh, we only have interactions on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Just bam, here goes a Thursday. You know you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of males will take that as she wants me. Oh, she thought about me. You know, she she was present. She, she realized, you know, I was feeling this type of way and this kind of got me out of my mood. Or we went somewhere and, you know, she really was in tune that I really like these things. I, I really like to see these, these types of movies or I really like, you know what I'm saying, to, to travel or different things like that. She thought enough about me to do that. And so I'm going to continue to do that. And I think that that's what keeps the relationship working and going back because I'm not saying that this gives anyone a license to cheat or anything like that, but when you first start dating or or start talking or even start getting, when you first get married or whatever, it's this excitement, it's this passion. Like I'm really into this person, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up. I, you know, I'm going to be intentional. I'm have my best wig on. I'm have, you know, all my nails is done and stuff like that. But then when we get into marriage or, or later down the line, it's like, they're just supposed to be satisfied, but what's happening now? Yes, life happens, stuff settles down. So, but you still have to be intentional about your interactions with each other, each other, with your connection, with with your commitment. Um, and a lot of times, I think when it comes to the decline in marriage, it's because we are intentional. We're not doing what we once did to keep them satisfied, to keep them engaged. And because there's so many other things out here, so many distractors, whether it's media or just people walking around and, and not necessarily them trying to get the attention of your spouse, but they are still there. And if someone is exciting and I'm, I'm here with my spouse and I'm trying to get you to connect with me and you don't want to, but someone is easily willing to talk to me, that's an easy distraction or, or pull away. And so it is your job to, to stay relevant within a relationship. Every relationship is going to change. Every person changes, but you can't forget that I am committed to this thing for better or for worse. And so even in my trials, 
how can I make him smile again? How, how can I make him feel like, yeah, we're going through this tough time, but I wouldn't rather be on this journey with anyone else. This, this roller coaster, yes, I see, you know, it might be a fine gentleman behind me or, you know, someone in front of me, but at the end of the day, you're the only one who sees through the lens that I see through. You're the only one who understand what it feels like to be in this seat with me. He may look fine from back there. He may seem like he got everything under control, but he in a different seat. He has a different perspective. He has a different lens. And don't trade your 2020 vision for somebody else's that you don't really know what it looks like to look out of their eyes. That's, that is, that's incredible. We can just do the benediction at this point. <laughs> because that is so... That is so profound. And, and what you said is absolutely true. And I think one, one of the, the ways and one of the things that is so important in relationships, specifically specific to um, intimacy and romance, is intentionality. You have got to be intentional about the things that you are doing and no I am not saying that you got to wake up and put on makeup and put on heels and man you got to dress in a three-piece suit every day and got your bling bling and all that stuff like that but you have to be intentional about your part in the partnership because it's unfair for you to sign up for this role and you then, you know, you signed up for a full-time job, but you're doing part-time work. Like you can't do that. It, it doesn't work that way. It, it's, it's unfair. And then you're right, babe, it does bring those levels of distractions in. And, you know, when it comes to marriage, the enemy hates marriage. He wants to, to pull down and tear down every marriage as much as he can. So we have got to ensure that we get the distractions out. And one of the main ways that we can get those distractions out is to be intentional. I remember uh, this was probably year two or three, you know, Jennifer and I used to argue about, you know, you work, because I work a lot. I, I work all the time and I always have, and I probably always will, but I will work all day and I would be so exhausted that when I got home, it was like, Man, I just want to go to sleep. I want to talk because I talk all day at work. I, I don't want to do that. I, I just want to go to sleep, right? So now I was dealing with a partner that was left unfulfilled in both romance and intimacy because of my inability to uh, engage with her and give her something that she needed to feel needed and wanted because of my desire to what? Make $5 an hour? You know what I mean? So I think you have to put things into perspective. And as you put them into perspective, you have to be very intentional because a distraction can go from zero to a hundred in seconds, you know? Um, and a lot of people say, you know, cheating is not a mistake. It's a decision and all of these things. And while I agree with that to an extent, you have got to, again, if you're intentional about that relationship and if you're intentional about that seeing into me and that being deep in that connectivity, th these people, they're non-factors. They're, they're, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, you may look aesthetically pleasing, but I can see you from here. I don't want to be with you 
because I have my prize at home. I have my partner at home. I have the person that I enjoy doing life with at home. And I have to be intentional about being at home because if I'm not, I am now providing something, a, a way for the enemy to creep in. And once he creeps in, I say all the time, all the time, if you let the devil ride in your car, he going to try to drive it. And I believe that I believe that to be so true because, um, you know, last year when we pulled the data, we're at 50, a 50% divorce rate in America, 50%. And of that 50%, 80% of that is African-American divorces. And then if you look in, in, into that 80% even more, it's broken down into irreconcilable differences. Now, while I believe that there are some things that there is a right way to leave and, and all of that, I'm, I'm not trying to come against your theology about divorce, but I do want to say an uh, irreconcilable difference is like, dude, we, we're in this thing. Let me be intimate with you. Let me share something with you. Jennifer and I were talking, this, this was probably two years ago, and she said something to me. And when I tell you it was so simple, but in that moment, I wanted to, to get her pregnant. Not even kidding. She said, she said, I cannot cover what you don't share with me and what you don't expose to me. And when she shared that to me, I said, are you kidding me? Because we as men, we have a tendency to take the weight of the world on our shoulders. We don't want to show a weak moment. We don't want to say when we're having, I don't feel like you want me. I don't feel like you need me. I feel like you feel like you can do this on your own. And while it may be true that you believe that you can do this on your own, as a man, I don't want to feel that. I want to feel and know, and I want the security of knowing that you need me, you desire me, you want me. And I think that it is um, re it's responsible also to give your spouse that same feeling in return. And when you do not give them that feeling of security and that feeling of needed and wanted, then you are already uncoiling before you can even start working. And I'm telling you, that thing sat with me for days. I was stuck. And I just remember Jeff, Jennifer kept asking me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, but that is so true. You know, I cannot, I cannot be the only person in the marriage and in the relationship that's doing the covering. As the head of my household and as the priest of my family, yes, it is my job to cover, but that does not take away my wife's ability to cover and my partner's ability to cover. And if, and if I am not comfortable with exposing things to her, then there is no way intimacy can happen. There is no way that romance can happen because we're still dealing with things that are underneath, I mean, on top of the cover. I, I, want to, I want my wife to cover me. I want to cover her. And that means that we have to expose things and talk about things and, and work through them. So when she said that to me, it was super profound. And I'm telling you, it was, it was mind blowing. 
and it still has kind of changed my my perspective and how I interact today because while I, while I am very emotionally intelligent sometimes I struggle with expressing that emotion and and one of those things that I use as an excuse sometimes is well we both can't fall apart at the same time I tell Jennifer this out there we both can't fall apart so sometimes she says to me why can't why 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 are you so calm like why are you this like why like this is a big deal and I, I need you to kind of like match this and I, I and it frustrates her I, I believe it frustrates her because I can see she always tells me and I and I always tell her we both can't fall apart at the same time if you're having a moment and you're having a meltdown somebody got to keep it together because this roller coaster is still moving you know, this train is it's going and then ain't going to stop because of kinetic energy. It, it, it's moving. So I just thought that that was so super profound when she said that. And I was just like, I have dreams about that night all the time because that was so that was so big, uh, so super big. But um, the last thing in, in, in our time, Wait, is- hold on. I want to go back really quick before you do that. Um, you had said earlier that, you know, some people say that cheating is not a mistake, it's a choice. Um, and I know that you said, you kind of answered that or responded to that, um, but I think that it's both though. So just because you make a choice, because everything you do is a choice, just right. because you make a choice doesn't mean that it's not a mistake or or that you didn't make a, a bad choice. Right. Um, yeah, you may have knew the, what the consequences would, would have been and you still did it, but that doesn't negate the idea that it could still be a mistake. You realize that maybe your emotions was just too high and you couldn't you couldn't get away from it or, or you know, you thought that it would turn out differently. Um, and so I think just putting that, I feel like trying to put the idea of cheating in, in one box versus the other is kind of unfair because if you're saying that no you made that decision it was like it's like a a shaming or a judgment and like you don't deserve forgiveness or or you don't deserve um redemption because you you willingly did that we all of our decisions we willingly did even going back to jesus you have a choice everything Mm -hmm. you do is a choice I want you to love me. I, I'm giving you all the tools to love me. But at the end of the day, you have to choose me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't choose him. And it's not like, well, you had the choice and you made the mistake of doing this else and you can't come back here. No, yes, you made a mistake. You made a choice, but you're still worthy of forgiveness. You're still worthy of, of looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I shouldn't have done that you chose to make a mistake but that doesn't mean that it's unforgivable and I think that sometimes they pair those two together it's not unforgivable um and then when you were talking about um this 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 covering and um how the males feel like they have to take it on take Mm -hmm. take over everything they have to manage everything I think I in in you know, in the black community, especially, you know, we talk about how um, the male African-American is the most disrespected. And sometimes people say the female is the most disrespected, but that the male has to carry on so much, so much and, and it is not um, 
is not regarded or, or is not respected or giving honor. Um, you're kind of just cast to the side and that's why you're easily murdered and stuff like that. Nobody is protecting you. And I agree with that, but we've, it's not even just society that is brainwashed by that. We have now internalized that within ourselves. And mm -hmm. now you take on that role of feeling like I have to carry everything. I asked her to be my wife. And so now I have to make sure she's good. I have to make sure the house is good. I have to make sure the kids are good. And I don't have enough space in me to make sure I'm good. But if you're not good as the covering, we're not good. And yes, to a certain extent, you can do it all. You have everything within you to do it all about you. And that, and, and I say that to, to mean, I'm not saying that everyone needs marriage. I'm not saying that everyone needs partnership. Some people don't desire that. And you can be the biggest success by yourself. You can accomplish everything. You can cover everything that you need to. But when you decide to have a partner, that is you saying, yes, I can do life by myself but I choose to do it with you. And me choosing you means that we are in this together completely. Meaning I can't say that I have this big platter of roles and you're just here as this delicate flower and I'm going to carry you away. Yes, I have some delicate tendencies and just like you do, but I have two feet, I can walk. There are going to be burdens that you can't carry on your own. Boulders are big rocks that require great strength. And us coming together will allow that boulder to be either broken down or to be carried. But you trying to carry it on your own is going to crush us all. And I think that that is what we fail to instill in our Black men and in our females. Because it, it's kind of told to us that we're supposed to be taken care of or the older us is, is supposed to be taken care of and now we're you know female empowerment like no we can we can do it on our own and, and that's kind of going right too too far right you yes you can do it on your own but you don't have to you can be a strong black woman standing right next to your strong black man and y'all carrying it out together it's not a competition between your partnership and marriage yes you guys are out fighting the battle out there but when you're here you're together and you know, I get upset with you when I'm saying, you know, I'm breaking down or, or I'm frustrated and you're just looking at me blank face and you're, you have this calmness and on, on some level, you know, it's great. I am somewhat of an anxious person. Like I get stressed out easily. Um, well inside a lot of people don't see that. And so you do bring that sense of calm, but I also think that it's a misconception that you can't break down with me because we in the safety of our home, in the safety of the space that we built, I feel like it's okay and I feel like it's healthy for you to cry with me. It's okay for you to say, I'm stressed out too, babe. Like, I don't know what to do. And I feel like if you can show me you, if you allow me to see into you what you're dealing with holy, I can also cover you as you're covering me. We yeah. can go out there guns a blaring because I know what you're dealing with. And I think that it's hard because you know what I'm dealing with. You, you know the struggle. And so you're out there fighting, but you getting you getting bullet holes in your back and and you, oh, I'm good, babe. And then I've turned around and you on the floor like, bruh, you ain't, you ain't want to tell me that you got a bullet coming at you? Like, you know what I'm saying? I could have got your 20. I could have got your six. But if right. you don't tell me that you need your six protected, we're still down. Right. Now my black man is hurt. 
and I'm out here defending for myself with the mask of my black man still here. Mm. That's that is so real, and that is that is something that I had to learn, and it's something that I am am um, I think I'm I'm doing pretty good at it. Um, at first, I wasn't really sharing too much of anything. I was just like, I, "We're gonna be good," you know. It is what it is, and 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 it is what it is, and I kind of just just moved on. But now, um, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and going back to kind of what we're talking about, um, even as it pertains to intimacy and uh, romance, it's the, it's the same principles apply. You have to be able to articulate to your mate, to your spouse, this is what I need. This is what I want. I like this. I don't like this because there are no parameters around your relationship. The, the beautiful thing about a relationship is that you and your partner get to create it. There is not when, when you decide to get into a relationship and then move into a marriage, there is no, there is no playbook for marriage. And, and, and as many marriage books as they're out there, there are great, they are great, but those are all perspectives. And those are perspectives from where these people came. This situation arose and we took this perspective and we grew from it, right? Same thing that we're doing here on this platform. We are offering you um, our perspective and it doesn't make those right, ours wrong. It doesn't make ours right, theirs wrong. But when you're open to hearing a bunch of different things and, and, and processing how different people do things, you can make a better decision. Um, because intimacy, romance, those are, those can be relationship killers or relationship thrusters. So they can both thrust your relationship or they can kill it. It's all about what your perspective is, what your stance is, how you view it, how you pivot, how you change, and how you make better decisions. So um, uh, it, it, it is, we could talk for hours um, about this because I have a lot of other things to say, but, um, but- Real quick, when you were talking about other people's perspectives and um, as far as like their books, um, I think that it's good um, to read other people's perspective and other people's book. And although no relationship is ever going to line up with someone else's relationships, I think that they do provide you tools um, that you can use that you would have to readjust to work what works for your relationship. Yeah. Um, but kind of bringing it back around to um, the other point about um looking at other people's um, relationships and um, and desiring other people. Um, the media, when they show you things, or even when you, not even, let's take out the media. When we see other relationships just around in general, right? We're, we're looking at a snapshot. We're looking at a snapshot of, oh, they're happy, or he's so romantic, or they're, they're you know, they're this perfect couple. But I feel like what we miss 
that is so key is that no matter what relationship you're in, whether it is a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship with you and your children, it's still something that you have to be intentional and put forth the effort in order to maintain it or allow it to flourish. So it's just like, you know, your lawn. Seasons change four seasons out of the year. And even if you're in like Arizona, they still have seasons. It just looks different than what it looks like in Michigan, but you still have to, to rake your lawn when it's time. You still, you know, have to plant seeds. You still have to water. And so that's what it's like in every relationship. And so even if you jump into someone else's relationship, you decide, you decide I want to trade up the work that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do that no matter what. And so it's up to you to decide really who's worth it. Like, who, who do you feel like you can be the most successful with? And you can't look at someone else's relationship like, oh, he looks like he's maintaining it well, but you don't really know what he's doing within our relationship. And you don't know if his skills really line up with your skills. And that, that goes back to being compatible. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, I came into the relationship knowing a lot of things that he didn't know. And there's a lot of things that he knows that that I don't know. And so if I'm trying to get in a relationship with someone who knows exactly what I know, you're still going to have needs that need to be met. And so the relationship is still going to be somewhat damaged because you guys are not working together. They're, they're not providing um, areas uh, in where that you are weak. So you don't want to be out there having to do the rake, having to do the seating and having to do the watering while someone is just out here enjoying the breeze. You want someone who is willing to do the work with you. I have the watering today. You have to plant, you have to plant the grass seeds later on, or, you know, you have to do the rake or you have to do the shovel. And so marriage is all about compromising and, and, and being a partner. And I know that we always look at it on the other side, how you were saying, you know, you were kind of getting it wrong and, and I wasn't giving you the time of day, but I also have to take accountability for what I wasn't doing. I wasn't showing up. I wasn't present. I wasn't, I wasn't allowing you to see me. I wanted you to see me, but I wasn't willing to open myself up for you to see me. I wasn't showing my voice. I wasn't expressing my needs I wasn't expressing my desires and, and, and what it takes in order for you to know me and for me to know you I I will say this and we will end on this because our time has expired um I've been on many roller coasters I have been to many amusement parks I have worked at many amusement parks and there is no ride that compares to doing this ride of life with you. It, it has been such an incredible roller coaster and, and I love it. it and, and in both realms and, and the natural and in the spiritual, um, the way you romance, the way that you connect, the way that you are vulnerable the way that you are open, um, it just makes it that much more fulfilling. Um, it is not easy. I don't want anybody to believe that it's easy, but um, when you when you crack that shell and you get through there, it's amazing. And um, this this has been truly been the ride of my life. And I'm excited that you're rocking with me because we're rocking with each other. Oh, so um, thank you guys so 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 much for tuning in. 
Um, this has been absolutely amazing conversation. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Again, if this is your first time tuning in to Couples in Conversations, please like, comment, subscribe, uh, share this video, share it on your page, share it with your friends. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Couples in Conversations. And you also can find us using our official hashtag get in on the conversation. And that's the letter N, get in on the conversation. So excited that you guys tuned in. We love you guys. Again, I teased last week and let you guys know that we have some very exciting things coming. So please be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for your support. And just remember, remember, remember that communication is everything. Until next time, have an incredible night and we'll see you with more couples in conversation.